It's what's happening right now. This is the Mike Smith Show. All right, good morning to you. This is Mike Smith, and we kick it off this morning with the Keystone XL pipeline set to be canceled now by incoming President Joe Biden. Biden is being sworn in as president tomorrow and killing off this pipeline right at the top of his to-do list. Multiple media sources now reporting Biden set to cancel the pipeline on his very first day in office. This is a brutal blow to the Alberta oil industry. They were counting on that pipeline to ship 800,000 barrels a day to the U.S. Gulf Coast. The Alberta government sank $1.5 billion into this project. Here's Alberta Premier Jason Kenney. This is a matter that touches on Canada's vital economic interests. And I'm therefore confident that the government of Canada will reflect in the next uh, couple of days, the kind of priority it has placed on the construction of Keystone XL in saying that it is at the top of the bilateral agenda. Okay, I'm not sure it's going to be at the top of the agenda for much longer if Biden kills it on day one of his presidency. Let's discuss now. We've got a great panel assembled for you, both sides of it. Stuart Muir is the executive director of Resource Works. He supports the pipeline. Hi, Stuart. Hey, Mike. Thanks a lot for coming. And also Peter McCartney on the line. He's a climate campaigner with the Wilderness Committee. He's been fighting this project a long time. Peter, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Peter, let me go to you first. Your thoughts on these reports that Biden set to kill this project on day one of his presidency? Oh, I'm thrilled. Um, you know, this is something that uh, Biden has long said he's going to do. It's something he was vice president uh, in office when Obama rejected this pipeline. And, you know, I think Canadians are getting a, a glimpse of what real climate leadership looks like. And, you know, Trudeau, if he wants to maintain his uh, mantle of climate warrior, is going to have to do better and try harder. Well, what about Canada's, though, is one of our uh, partners and allies. He seems to be doing this without much consultation with Canada. I mean, this has been part of this agenda for a long time. And listen, you know, Joe Biden and his team are smart people. They have heard the pitch that Canada is making that somehow a carbon tax justifies expanding our most polluting industry, uh, the oil and gas sector. And they're literally not buying what we're selling. And Canadians shouldn't either. Okay, let me go to Stuart Muir. Stuart, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't see this as a, a climate issue. If climate was what Biden says it is, then he would also be canceling the can U.S. oil pipelines that are currently being built. He's not. He's, he's only going after a foreign one, a Canadian one. It's an easy political virtue signaling exercise for him. I think Canada saw it coming a long ways off. They've been talking about it for a long time. It's not really even clear that he has the power to do this. I mean, in good faith, uh, Canada has progressed with building the pipeline. You don't just go back and, you know, you can't be taken seriously if you if you treat uh, uh, your agreements that way. So I think there's a lot more to run out on this thing before we can actually say that the pipeline's been killed. Okay, Stuart, do you think that the company that owns the pipeline uh, knew that Biden was on his way to the White House and they were trying to work to, to save this project? And one of the things they had on the table was a $1.7 billion plan on a solar, wind, and battery-powered operating system for the pipeline that would make it zero emission by 2030. What do you think about uh, Biden sort of just giving the back of the hand to that idea and just canceling it outright on day one anyway? Well, it, it kind of uh, uh, causes us to question whether those who 
are asking for the clean energy future are that serious about it. I mean, here is a chance to take infrastructure that's needed and decarbonize it. Who's against that? It turns out that there are some people saying, no, don't do that. And those are the people calling for decarbonization, which I don't understand because if the Canadian energy industry is part of what a lot of industries are doing around the world, and that is to reduce the impacts of the things that it does, uh, that okay. should be welcomed. Okay, Jason Kenney and the Alberta government really broadsided by this one. And here's another clip of Kennedy, uh, or Jason Kenney uh, talking about uh, Canadian oil as a good choice for the United States. Here's Kenney. Here's this very simple choice. Either the United States has access to environmentally responsible energy produced in a uh, close democratic ally, uh, or it becomes more dependent on foreign oil imports from Venezuela and other OPEC dictatorships in the future. Okay, Peter McCartney from the Wilderness Committee, your thoughts on that? You know, that's just such a bad argument. And if that's the argument they were making at the White House, no wonder they got the door slammed in their face. This is not about picking between Canada's oil and Venezuela's oil. Joe Biden has a $2 trillion climate plan to aggressively pursue uh, less fossil fuel development and less carbon emissions in the United States. They're saying, we don't want your oil, we don't need your oil, and we don't want anyone else's either. Um, and it's time to start making this transition. Okay, they're going to have to get oil from somewhere, though. Stuart Muir, your thoughts? Yeah, they will get it from other countries that don't produce it uh. as well. There's no question. They do have the infrastructure in place today to consume heavy oil. It's a specialized ingredient. I know uh, very typically you'll hear people say, oh, heavy oil, it must be bad oil then. Well, no, it's just one of the uh, products in the spectrum of hydrocarbons that are used. And there are billions and billions of dollars worth of specialized refineries in the U.S. that need and can only use heavy oil. So if they don't get it from Canada, yes, they will get it from dictatorships like Venezuela and lots of others around the world. That's just reality. Peter, Peter it's let just me... not true. Peter, go ahead. Yeah, no, I... Um, the, what they're saying, of course, they're going to use oil for a while longer, but Canada is actively lobbying the White House to try and ban the sale of internal combustion engine cars. Um, you know, how can we be doing that at the same time we're also lobbying them to take more of our oil. If they want to use less oil, they're going to use less oil. That is exactly what the climate plan is designed to do. And you don't take more and more at the same time you are trying right. to reduce. Peter, of course, this is just one pipeline, the uh, the Keystone XL pipeline. There are many other pipelines in existence and in, in construction. Of course, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, top of mind for many people here in British Columbia. Do you think this development here, if Biden kills off this big project, what does it mean for the Trans Mountain Pipeline, if anything? You know, I think it means that Canadians need to stop giving Trudeau a pass on building this pipeline. Um, you know, he, he gets to come off like a climate leader. And when Donald Trump was in the White House, you know, he looked pretty good by comparison. Uh, but they should know that climate leaders do not build pipelines. Um, Joe Biden has just made that clear as day. And so Justin Trudeau needs to reevaluate um, and pull the plug on this project and actually spend the $16 billion that he wants to spend on this pipeline on things like renewable energy and, uh, you know, transitioning the, the workers in the oil sands onto um, new jobs that use the same skills. Okay, well, I don't think Trudeau is going to cancel the project, but uh, Stuart Muir, your, your thoughts, do you, you think the Trans Mountain Pipeline is in any jeopardy? 
Well, it could be just because uh, it's, it's opposed, but, um, you know, the big winner, if we don't have TMX or any of the other pipelines, is the United States. So, of course, it's in Biden's self-interest to not have Canada getting fair market, better market value for its most valuable exports. We really rely on our exports in this country. We're improving the environmental performance of them all the time by reducing emissions. The investments in the hydrogen economy that is the future are because we have the money from oil exports. So it's needed in the transformation phase that we're in and that we should all welcome. But the reality is there is self-interest here by the U.S. Let's not be naive. Okay, guys, let me jump in there. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more. My guests are Stuart Muir and Peter McCartney. We're talking about the cancellation looming here of the Keystone XL pipeline. Incoming U.S. President Joe Biden set to cancel this project on day one of his presidency, according to reports. Let's open the phone lines on this one now. The Keystone XL pipeline is a big Alberta project. Got some impact on British Columbia as well. Also, what does it mean for pipelines in general in the future? Call me on this now and tell me what you think. 604 280 9898 is the number to call. 604 280 star 9898. Toll free on your cell. This is Mike Smith. Back with your calls. All right, welcome back to the show. Incoming U.S. President Joe Biden set to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline on day one of his presidency. The Alberta government has sunk over a billion dollars into this project. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney today saying they may go to court uh, to fight this. We're discussing it now with my guests, Peter McCartney and Stuart Muir. Your call, 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 in your cell. Terry in New West. Hi, Terry. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Okay, um, I'm from BC, but I used to live in Alberta for a while. I actually liked Edmonton. The people were very nice. Um, I think there's a real problem with the people in Alberta, the government. Um, they don't think about the future. In BC, the forest industry went downhill, and we diversified our economy. We got, like, tourism, uh, breweries, high-tech, uh, things like that going here, film industry. Uh, you know, it's about time maybe the government in Alberta, Jason Canning, thought about changing the economy of Edmonton. It might be difficult for a while, but they're relying basically on one resource, and that's oil, and it's about time maybe to change things, right? Okay, thanks for the call. Stuart, what do you think of that? Yeah, um, it would be interesting to hear from the guests what the alternative to oil is, but one thing I think is important is that the energy infrastructure we have today, that is to say, if we're talking about Edmonton, Refinery Row, there's huge refineries there, there's pipelines, it's where Trans Mountain Pipeline starts from to send the oil to the coast, and it's in the in the fabric of the Edmonton economy. And when you meet people like the mayor of Sturgeon County, I was meeting with recently, she badly wants to see this adapted to the hydrogen economy of the future, but it's not switching it out for some unknown uh, thing. It's using what we have today, these investments to transform them over time, to keep the uh, things we don't want from oil in the ground, but keep the things we do want, affordable, okay. clean energy, uh, forever. Okay, Peter McCartney, real, real quickly, I mean, at the end of the day, the world is not going to transition off of oil overnight, so there is a transition period, and the world's got to get its oil from somewhere. So, I mean, if the United States does not get its oil from Alberta, uh, I mean, they got to get it from somewhere. They're and if, currently... And if, if they're not using pipelines, don't they end up using riskier methods of transporting the oil, like by rail, too? 
I mean, there's there's such a small amount of oil that moves by rail in comparison to pipelines. It's it's kind of a red herring for the conversation. Um, and the truth is, you know, the United States currently gets a lot of their oil from us, and that's going to continue. Um, but they don't need to be getting more oil from us at the same time as they're actively trying to use less and less fuel. They will lose use less oil in 2025 than they do in 2019, in 2030 than they do in 2025. And so they don't need this 50-year infrastructure um, when they're using less and less uh, every year. Let's go to Roger on the open line in Surrey. Hi. Hi, Mike. I, I totally agree with you. I really disagree with uh, Peter there. I think that, you know, our economy um, and the world economy is really dependent on oil. That's not going to disappear overnight. And even clean energy, it's nice and in a hypothetical sense to talk about clean energy. But if we all switch to clean energy, you don't think that's going to leave an environmental footprint? For sure it is. I think that if Keystone XL gets cancelled, the smartest thing for Canada and Alberta to do is really focus on that Trans-Belt pipeline because the world needs oil and it's not going to disappear in 20 years or 50 years. Maybe in 100 years we can reduce that amount, but it's not going to happen overnight. Peter, I totally Peter, agree with you. Thanks for the call. Peter, what do you say to that? I mean, let's be clear here. The U.S. is telling us they don't want our oil. And through Trans Mountain, mm. you know, the supposed markets, it's mostly going to the United States right now. Um, but apparently they want to sell it to China and just Japan and South Korea. Those countries have all set net zero emissions goals, too. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they're, they're starting from a place uh, that's different from the United States. But it's not going to be long before they catch up. And so, you know, I think the first guest that you had uh, call in there was right, that Alberta needs to figure it out. It needs to have a plan. And, you know, if that's um, geothermal or solar or wind, these are all industries that are already available. They make sense. Uh, pitching hydrogen as some sort of last-ditch bet to save the oil and gas industry, you know, that is that is the industry that is pie in the sky, you know, barely... Uh, conceptual technology right now. Wind and solar are already taking place in Alberta, and it's one of the sunniest, windiest places in the uh, in the country. Let's and go. so, if they can't do it, no one can. Let's go to Dave on the open line. And in, in, are you in Fanny Bay, Dave? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, I would just just like to ask your guests: Would they agree or not? Um, that the one pipeline that that we need for national security and our energy security is Energy East. And I believe those refineries out east also supply a lot of uh, refined fuels down to the eastern seaboard in the U.S. Okay, where are we at, Stuart? Where are we at with Energy East project? Yeah, well, that one is is uh, dead as a doornail right now. I think it's possible in future it would be there. But real, in reality, the Trans Mountain Pipeline to Vancouver is being built. It is going to supply a desirable, necessary fuel to countries like India that are building large refineries so that getting out of energy poverty is a reality for those people because they, they can't afford $40,000 subcompact electric cars. It would be great if they could, and maybe they will in future, but we need to deal with the realities of today and ensure that we're doing it in the most environmentally responsible manner. Do you think, Stuart, that with Biden set to cancel Keystone XL, that that puts even more pressure on Trudeau to deliver on Trans Mountain? I think that's a fair statement. Yes, what do you, and what do you think of that, Pete? 
Peter? Absolutely not. I think it puts more pressure on him to cancel it. Um, you know, I think the oil industry is certainly going to be uh, knocking down his door asking for their last pipeline ever. Um, but, you know, I think uh, Canadians have shown that climate change is a top priority uh, again and again in poll after poll, even as we're going through many other crises. And so, you know, if uh, we're headed into a federal election this year, I think Trudeau is yeah. going to have a hard time convincing people uh, that pipelines, you know, fit in his climate change plan because the numbers just yeah. don't add up. And even his own government, uh, you know, released two reports late last year that show that Trans Mountain and Keystone XL aren't going to be needed if we even try and meet our climate target. Thank you to both of you. I really appreciate your time as always on the show. Stuart Muir from Resource Works, Peter McCartney from the Wilderness Committee. Thanks a lot for all your calls too. Didn't get through? Phone the buzz line 604-331-BUZZ.